What's happening? Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, gonna be with you. We got a whole lot of show today. Breaking down news of the day, law and crime legal analyst, attorney at law, Dina Dahl. And joining me in the bullpen, my debate segment, we have Josiah Lippincott, Marine Corps veteran, American greatness, columnist, PhD student at Hillsdale College. We're gonna chop it up about social media censorship. I guess that's a good place to start since his Twitter account has been suspended. All right, should be fun. Top story of the day. This is an update, ladies and gentlemen. Remember the cop who ran over a suspect, damn near killing the suspect? Well, that same cop actually killed a teenager last year. Let me remind you of the footage of the SUV incident. Here it is. That looked accidental to you, that was intentional, clearly. Let's put up a picture of the officer, Jonathan Granado. Let's put his picture up, okay? Keep his picture up for just a hot second. You see, they were playing hide the pickle until we did this story. Now they've released the picture of the officer involved. But this officer also killed a teenager. Let me give you some background. He is now a former Lake Worth officer who was sued Monday and accused of using excessive force in 2020. In a 2020 arrest, also fatally shooting a teen in Fort Worth in 2021. That's according to the police chief. Lake Worth police chief said at a news conference Tuesday that former officer Jonathan Granado was suspended for two weeks and put on administrative duty during an investigation after he hit a fleeing suspect with a police vehicle back in November of 2020. Let's put up a picture of Mr. Dustin Bates. That's Mr. Bates, that's the man he hit with his SUV. The suspect, Mr. Bates, was seriously injured, ladies and gentlemen. Bates was charged with evading arrest and drug possession, but those charges were completely dismissed due to prosecutorial discretion in August. The police chief said independent investigation indicated the crash was an accident. Oh, there's no intention here. And the grand jury declined to indict the officer. Granado was required, now get this, to undergo additional training and present to his peers what he learned from the incident and that he could do better before he returned to active duty. I mean, that'll do it. Yes, go to additional training and go back to police officers you work with and say, guys, I've learned my lesson. I almost killed a man and I tried to. Now, I want you to think about this. Dustin Bates, he survived, had a broken leg, he had broken ribs, but he lived, right? Initially, the police department, they came out and said that he broke his leg when he got off the motorcycle. 
that he broke his ribs when he got off the motorcycle. The man that you see running for his dear life, does it look like he has a damn broken leg and broken ribs? But that was the cover up initially. Cover up always speaks to corruption. You cannot engage in even the beginning of a cover up without someone creating an atmosphere for it to happen. But the video came out and the video went viral. Now, Lake Worth police suspended Granado for two weeks for violating department policies related to the safe operation of a vehicle. The police chief said in March, a Tarrant County grand jury declined to indict the officer in connection with the crash. In another incident, the same cop, put this picture up again. This same police officer fired at an 18 year old and killed that 18 year old kid according to the chief of police. Fort Worth police investigated the shooting as an independent third party, <laughs> independent third party. You guys are basically the same, all right? The official report notes that one of the fleeing suspects was in fact armed, okay? Back to the lawsuit. Bates, the man who was hit by the SUV and almost killed, said he was riding a motorcycle on November 23rd, 2020. This was in Lake Worth when Officer Granado pulled in behind him and radioed that he could not see Bates' license plate. That's according to court documents. Seconds later, the officer gave the license plate's number to dispatch and authorities determined it did not match the motorcycle Bates was driving according to the lawsuit. The police chief later determined the motorcycle was not stolen. So initially, they are pursuing this as a stolen vehicle. Whatever happened in that dispatch said this tag does not belong to this motorcycle. But they assumed based on that information that this was a stolen vehicle. It was not stolen whatsoever. Um, Once again, the young man was mowed down and he could have died. Now, I wonder if death would have happened. And this is why I'm so glad I have attorney Dahl on the show. If Mr. Bates would have died, which by the way, could have easily happened. This was an SUV running over a human being. He could have easily died. If he would have died. Do you think the result would have been the same with the police agency giving this man a two week suspension and saying that he has to basically go in front of the classroom and tell them what he did? I don't think so because there is more outcry from the community when there is a death. And so they probably would do more than the two weeks. Whether or not he would have been criminally charged, that's unclear because they didn't, the grand jury decided not to criminally charge him. Here, even though this could have been considered an assault or attempted killing. So that's unclear, but definitely more than a two week suspension. Yeah, and it's interesting because now he's no longer a police officer. But as I say all the time, even though there's no criminal prosecution, I think it should have been. I think he should have been charged with trying to mow down the civilian. Even though the charges were dropped and there's no criminal prosecution of the cops, this is going to end up costing them money. One, I do think he wins the lawsuit, but two, the city has to pay money to defend it or settle it no matter what. This is going to cost taxpayer dollars, right? Absolutely. 
And you know, your point about it not being an independent investigation, that's exactly what I thought when I saw this story. You know, a lot of times corporations, when they get in trouble, they'll hire a law firm as an independent review process because they're independent and it's a law firm and they have their own liability to be thorough about it. So to have an internal investigation, you know, I'm not sure exactly the makeup of the city's internal investigation, but there should be this sense that there is true accountability. We've talked about this on the show over and over and over. You know, police officers often reveal who they are in smaller actions and this happens. It's usually that one same police officer will end up having a escalating consequences. Yeah. If they caught it sooner, you know, somebody's life could have been saved. Well said. All right, now damn it, this has got to stop. I'm talking about police on police crime. All right, I'm standing up against police on police crime. Let me bring your attention to a cop who was bullied by his by a supervisor who's a cop, has now settled for $120,000. A former police officer in Bergen County, a borough of New Jersey, who claimed he was bullied by a bad lieutenant, has now got a whole bunch of money. In the suit, this officer claimed that his superior had attacked him with chopsticks and choked him with a necktie. Officer Samuel Kim, who is now employed by the Hohokus Police Department, alleged that Lieutenant Sean Lee had harassed him, harassed him and bullied him from the time Kim was hired in Palisades Park. Let's put up a picture of the victim, Samuel Kim, okay? Now, the person who bullied him is Sean Lee, a lieutenant who is now a captain. He got a promotion after this. Let's put up his picture. Look at that. In his lawsuit filed in July with the US District Court in New Jersey, Kim alleged that that guy, Officer Lee, had him run personal errands while on duty including buying buying him coffee and driving his daughter to school every morning. The alleged bullying peaked in 2018 when Kim refused a request from Lee to help remove a ticket issued by a New York City police officer, issued to a New York City police officer according to the suit. After that incident, after this guy stands up, says no to this request, after this happened, Kim said the harassment and bullying became increasingly worse. Culminating in 2019, when the two were in the locker room and Lee said an exceedingly offensive and derogatory term in Korean. After that incident, Lee ordered Kim to meet him at his parents' house. While there, Kim said Lee physically assaulted him. First by repeatedly hitting him over the head with chopsticks, then by wrapping Kim's uniform around his neck to choke him according to the lawsuit. Officer Kim did report the alleged assault to a councilman the next day and said he was scared for his life. Afterward, what happened to the cop that harassed him? That committed a criminal act against him? Well, that officer had a five day unpaid suspension. 
and was ordered to attend anger management classes, attend harassment training and undergo a psychological evaluation for fitness of duty, okay? Now I want to remind you, these are police officers held to a higher standard of accountability, or at least they should be, right? These are people that we trust not only with tax dollars, but with a damn gun and a badge which gives them the privilege to use it. But they can commit criminal acts at the workplace and absolutely nothing criminal will happen, all right? What happened? Lee, that same officer, was later promoted to captain. That'll show him. He was promoted to captain. Uh, and has served as the police department's officer in charge. Officer in charge since May of 2021. Now remember the city settled. They said there's some credibility to this claim. They suspended the officer, meaning there's credibility to the claim. And then they gave the officer a promotion and said you are going to be officer in charge. That's how you keep them in line. Hmm? The borough settled the claim for $120,000. The settlement states that Kim would not seek any further action or payment from Lee and the borough. The borough does not admit to any wrongdoing and said the settlement is to amicably resolve all matters. This was a three to zero vote. The council had two of the six council members recuse themselves. Uh, and the others decided, or the other decided to abstain because at least half of the board are cowards. Okay. All right. Miss um, Dahl, criminal offense. They found it to at least be credible to, a, to an extent. They suspended the guy and then gave a fat settlement for workplace harassment. But the man doesn't get criminally charged. He literally gets a workplace promotion. Now, I guarantee you this, and I'd never do it. But if I took my producer Jordan and grabbed him by the tie and choked him out, I guarantee you I wouldn't be getting a promotion at TYT. That would never happen. And Jordan, I would never do that to your brother. I love you. <laughs> but that would never, this is the reason why people don't like the police. Who, who else in an American workplace attorney can do something like that and receive a promotion at their job? Absolutely. I mean, this is such an abuse of power. And some people might think, you know, him trying to hide a ticket wasn't as meaningful. But it's the small things that we right. see are often the bigger things we don't see. And the fact that right. he wasn't just fired is kind of astounding. I mean, if it's similar to an employee working at Trader Joe's, taking a box of you know uh, the product off the shelf, you know that's stealing. That person would get fired. Using your power for your own means with the ticket, to me, is a fireable offense. Thank goodness he uh, spoke up. Because it does alert the public to things that are happening. But the fact that they didn't really treat this as seriously as it is, you know, the people in that community should know that that means that the police department is, it needs more oversight because they did not handle this well. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Let me get to some of these comments. Before I do that, let me remind everyone of the watch list. The big homie JR, JR Jackson is live weekdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. This is a 10 week 
test series on TYT. Make sure to support JR by watching live daily and don't forget to subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. We are so excited also about our dear sister, Nina Turner, running for the US Congress. All right, we support her 100%. Senator Turner launched her new campaign for Congress earlier today. She will be speaking with Jenk today at 5.30 PM Eastern Time, 2.30 PM Pacific. On the conversation, you don't want to miss that. A lot of nuggets, all right? Also, Aspiration, I'll tell you what the audience, you all have made an impact, all right? TYT Aspiration users have offset 28.5 million miles. And since 2020, TYT Aspiration users have planted 528,078 trees, a whole lot. You can sign up, be part of that change machine right now. Aspiration.com forward slash TYT. And don't forget about impact, all right? Positive change in the world is the foundation to what we do here at TYT. We are approaching 20 years. I hope you all can take the time to visit TYT.com forward slash impacts and see what we've achieved with your help over the past few years. Some of the impact you will see includes the petition to increase the minimum wage, giving a platform to leaders like AOC and others, the progressive economic pledge and a whole lot more, all right? Okay, good comments here. Shikata Ganai Beer Dragon WTF, Asian or Asian cop crime, question mark. Wow, that blows my mind. So being a ranking cop makes you forget your own heritage. Mickey see the silver hat dragon, how much time did that officer serve in jail for assault? Oh, wait. Yep. Audrey Davis, always those who think they can gain points by joining the oppressors. Yeah. Benevolent God is, oh, see, anger management worked so well he became a captain. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy. Literally training people on how to overthrow their local government. He's a former FBI agent. Here's the video. So what understanding the threat does is we have what I call our the, the, the starting block. It's our three-day training program. And we used to focus at the national level and we realized that was a waste of time. And we brought it down to the state level and why we met some good governors and attorney generals, none of them were willing to do what needed to be done. And when we brought it down to sheriffs and pastors, um, thinking we'll get to that local level, we couldn't find enough sheriffs and pastors courageous enough to actually do anything about that. Yeah. So uh, when I first moved to Texas about five years ago, I started developing a program for citizens. And when we started teaching it about four years ago and actually training them on how to identify these folks in the community, and then showing them how to take actions to rip these people out of the community and punt them out of their county or state and do it lawfully, but very aggressively. These people have to be flushed. Yeah. And these are bad people to take back your city council, to throw your mayor in jail if you're capable, to take back your schools, your chamber of commerce, your local community. And then we help them organize their team, show them how to do this stuff at the local level. Yeah. And then show them how to research 
the organizations and individuals that are in the community and then show them very creative, devious, fun ways to flush these people and to screw with them and to make them incapable of continuing what they're doing in the local community. Damn, it only takes three days to learn this? He sells a three-day package, that's your starter kit. So let's call that the Steve Bannon starter kit, okay? All right, the Supreme package is the Donald Trump David Duke kit or something like that. So anyway, so this guy goes around, he's a former FBI agent. He literally tells people, here's how you overthrow your government, arrest your mayor, arrest your city council members, school board members. And then he has a training module that, uh, that shows individuals how to just mess with politicians. Uh, now he says you can do all of this lawfully. Um, you know, if you arrest the mayor of your city, you are a citizen, and you arrest the mayor of your city. Well, that's called kidnapping. That is against the law. You're not able to do that. Now, this is what this man is selling: COVID-19 and QAnon conspiracy theorists. They gathered at a Reawaken American event in Dallas, Texas. This was back in December. The man you just watched among the speakers is a radical right-wing activist known as John Guandolo. John is a disgraced former FBI agent, a radical right-wing conspiracy theorist, an anti-Islam activist who now runs an organization called Understanding the Threat through which he trains law enforcement agencies around the country to identify seemingly anyone with dark skin and a beard as an Islamic terrorist. Now here's what's interesting, you, you just literally heard one of his programs, right? I guarantee you if that would have been an individual of the Muslim faith or let's say a black person going around saying, no, no, I'm training citizens on how to lock up politicians. I tried to do it at the federal level, tried to do it at the state. But we're teaching people how to literally grab up a politician and kick them out of their city or county. That would be a problem. That would be a criminal problem. That would be a criminal investigation. All right, once again, this guy's a former FBI agent. Further background, following his presentation at Reawaken America, this former agent sat down backstage for an interview with Dave Scarlett and self-declared prophet Amanda Grace of the program His Glory, where he realized that he was that he has recently begun offering training sessions for average citizens on how to take over their towns by driving out all the insufficiently right-wing officials and arresting their mayors in the process. Um, there's another video. Here's his inside mind thinking outside, here it is. When you do those two things, flush the bad guys, reestablish the act, an actual Republican form of government, yeah. then you reestablish the county. When counties do that and then you get adjacent counties to join you, now you have a pretty incredible stronghold in a state to start going after the, the cowards and the traitors at the state level. But it has to be at that level. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot of patriots are wasting a lot of valuable time. The enemies, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and John Boehner and those people and Mitt Romney and George W. Bush are as big an enemy as the Communist Party is. Yeah. Because they're either doing nothing, which is bad, 
or like most of them, they're actually aiding and abetting these movements by regurgitating the narratives of those movements, like America's systemically racist. Yeah. Climate change is the greatest threat to the republic. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, first of all, not true, not true, yeah. but there, that has a devastating effect strategically. This guy isn't even on the no-fly list. All right, attorney, what are your thoughts about this fellow? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a domestic terrorist. And I really hope that the one shining light here is he's saying this in public so they yeah. can they can follow him and follow all these trainees because you know domestic terrorism has always existed. There's always been extremism, but it was a small pocket. It was very much on the fringe. Now we know this is becoming mainstream and these should be taken seriously. This man is very serious about his threat and so are the people he's gonna be training. Yeah, well said. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to explode. I'm going to write this up. Because right now, I can make a fist with no problem. I broke many people's arms. And I'm, because um, it's his fault. He's the one that crossed over in front okay. of me. Well, don't break arms right now, because I got to get this written up, okay? This is gonna look awesome on YouTube. I'll tell you right now, mister, that's like the shows up on YouTube, I will find you. And yes, it's a threat. <laughs> tell him to shut the camera off. Hey, hold on, I have something. Our squad officer, tell him to shut the camera off now. By law, I can't. Our squad, this shows up on YouTube. Officer Palachi, if I'm coming after and you're coming after me for what? I suggest you get in your vehicle, sit on. Don't touch me. Hey, don't. Get off. Don't shut touch it off. me. Don't shut touch it me. off now. Go sit in your vehicle. I do not like my picture taken. Ma'am, listen to me. Sit in your vehicle. Tell him to shut it off now. Go sit in your vehicle. He can't take you, okay? Go sit in your vehicle. I'm I do write not this want up. this on YouTube. I don't want to. Tell him to shut it off now. Right, shut the camera shut off. Shut it off bit, okay? now. Okay, it's off. Get in your shut vehicle, it off okay? now. It's off. Shut it off. Put the goddamn thing in your car now. Listen. No. Get in your vehicle or I'm going to arrest you for creating a disturbance, okay? Do you understand me? Sit down, let me write this up. We'll get everybody underway. He's taking me again! Yeah. He's taking me again! I do not like that stuff! I do not like that stuff! Sir, I don't like that stuff! I, I hate that stuff! Uh, terroristic threat, disorderly conduct, failure to obey a lawful command. Uh, maybe I missed a charge or two that she was able to avoid. In this back and forth, the irony, outside of the fact she was not arrested, and I mean every benefit and privilege was granted to her, the irony on top of the irony is this: the officer ended up taking her side and saying, "Cut, cut the video off, cut the video off, law-abiding citizen who has a legal right to record, cut it off," because Karen demands it. This does show that police officers are able to be patient. They're able to be, I mean, really flexible in how they apply their lawful command rule. I mean, she received many lawful commands. And then after threatening the man, the person recording, she then looks at the cop and says, yeah, that's a threat. The cop does nothing, allows her to continue to approach him, to approach the person recording. He had to record for his own safety, 
because obviously uh, Deputy Fife was doing nothing. All right. Okay. Um, attorney at law, am I wrong on the potential criminal charges that could have been levied against this woman? I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I do think that you're right in terms of her privilege. It did seem like the police officer was, you know, going with her, trying to kind of manage the situation. He did show an extreme amount of patience. I think the lesson here for me was just, you know, we we can't control other people if we don't want something to happen. Sometimes the action is our own action, and yeah. she should have just gotten inside the car because obviously she got taped more the more she yelled at him. Yeah. Yep, and she looked more ridiculous. Okay, I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You have to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. And send this with the car. We're going to show the president. Who are you going to show? Who are you going to show? You got an ugly lip. Your, your lip ugly, your lip spoiled, bitch. Suck your mother. Ugly. Don't move that piece of You're gonna wait, you bitch. I'm gonna wait, bitch. Suck your mama, big girl. Go suck your mama, Bobla, a big girl. Look for your lip. I'm a slave. I'm a you're a you're a piece of suck your mother. You ever see this blood clot and this little ugly ugly looking piece of your lip? See a big girl. You do surgery, your lips spoil. Bumbo clock, suck your mother. You know that Jamaican thing hit different, don't it? I mean, I'm not saying he was right for calling her out a name. All right, I'm not saying any of that. But whoo, Karen ran up on the wrong Jamaican brother trying to get through his work day on that occasion. Now, I was adopted by a Jamaican family, loved them to life. Uh, shout out to uh, Mommy, Everton, Owen, and Sam. Uh, and it was a remarkable experience to be in that kind of family environment. As a foster child, I was looking for a home, right? A place where Hardy is. And I gotta say this, my Jamaican family, they have hearts. They have remarkable hearts, all right? They have a lot of passion. And Karen ran up on that passion that day. Uh, attorney at law, what are your thoughts? Uh, road rage is real. People's anger about the divisiveness of our country is coming out. You know, I've been following the Edgecombe case, and that's yeah. uh, really gone wrong. Two people's lives really never going to be the same. Um, the defendant and the man who died. So, although I'm very glad that he was able to stand up for himself. Uh, I don't know. People are kind of crazy these days. I kind of feel like it's just you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. All right. We got more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. All right, I'm looking forward to reading these comments. <laughs> okay, all right, so let me get to some of these comments. I cannot read all of them, we'll read as many as I can. Uh, Colorado Blue Blazer Regular says, 
a former FBI agent, question mark. At least we know that the FBI will cut him off from all benefits and contacts in the government. Yeah, and I have a seaside property in Colorado to sell you. I mean, they may work for, they may work with this damn three-day training program. Who knows? They may be invited speakers or something. Crazy things have happened, right? But Tracy, these people are straight up fascist. On the architect, a weekend treason course? No, no, not a weekend, sir. Three-day weekend treason course. Okay. Three days, this is serious stuff. And I think you get like a certificate at the end of the train. <laughs> All right, um, V says, I knew a bumper clot was coming out. I knew it too, I knew it was happening, it was gonna happen. Um, <laughs> Shikata Ganai Beer Dragon says, suck your mother is my new mantra. Uh, once again, a phraseology adopted from our brothers on the island. All right, uh, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, overthrow lawfully. That's what the former FBI agent said, okay? Cassandra says, yes, Karen, fear the phone camera. This is an update, okay? Remember the 16 year old child who was playing basketball and being taunted by others in the stand, being called a gorilla. They were making eight noises. Let me remind you, here's the video. Now the father is speaking out, okay? So let me update you on this story. Uh, the father whose name is Kayi Steplight. Kayi Steplight's son is a River Ridge High School student in Lacey, Washington, according to King Five. The school's basketball team was playing Capitol High School in Olympia, Washington on January 14th. When Steplight says a student yelled gorilla at his son. This has to be taken on full head, uh, Steplight said regarding the incident. The disturbing occurrence was captured on video and immediately shared on social media. It shows a student yelling out gorilla. Meanwhile, other students at Capitol can be heard making ape noises at the 16 year old Amari, 16 year old child. Although a student reportedly posted the video, Steplight said he did not see the video until after the game. He tagged Amari in the video because he wanted, they wanted him to see what they were saying about him, Steplight said. His son eventually showed him the video. I've been called monkeys and gorillas. I've been called a lot of different names. So it was like deja vu. And I was frustrated that my son, had to deal with that, that's what the father said. Now let me pause on this moment. Uh, this is not only surreal because I've been called these things. It's not only surreal because my father was called those things. But my father's father's father was called those things. 
And when we talk about progress in the United States of America, I'm going to highlight a dynamic of this story that has not been reported fairly, has not been highlighted enough, okay? In an online statement, the Olympia School District Superintendent, Patrick Murphy said that the incident was investigated, discipline took place. The student heard yelling the racial slur was not identified, but trust us, they did something about it. Now, let me put a picture up of this very concerned father, okay? This is the father, all right? He's, he's willing to be the face of this story because he wants the school system to know who he is. And he wants them to know he's not letting this go. This is not going to be an everyday occurrence, okay? The school superintendent said also in a statement, it is incumbent upon me to work with our school leaders and staff to ensure that when student actions cause harm, there is accountability, learning, and an opportunity to restore and make amends with those who have been hurt. That's what the statement said in part. So let me highlight some dynamics here that are important. Number one, to the superintendent, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And so I hope this video gets to your email or inbox or something. Somebody tags you. Because in your statement, number one, you should have never released a statement online. You should have hopped your ass on a microphone in front of cameras and said very specifically what will not be tolerated in your district. But no, you told somebody to write up an online statement, post it on the school website, and that's it. That's what you did. First failure. Second, I didn't hear you talk about the culture of your institution. Because during this, during this taunting, this racism at a school event, did one of your referees that works directly for your school system stop it and kick those audience members out? No. Did one of your coaches go to the ref or go to that group and say, get the hell out of here with that? No. All of the faculty members and administrators who are at the game, who heard this happening, the entire game. Did one of them say a damn word to this group of racist teenagers and others to protect the child on the court? Did anybody say anything to any one of them? No. Did a parent say something? No. Did other students say anything? No. You have a cultural issue here, superintendent. The fact that not one person in a crowded basketball game said one word to these students. And they were doing this to this young man the entire damn game. And big ups to this 16 year old who continued to play basketball. Did not allow them to take him off focus. But he shouldn't have to go through this, right? The superintendent, his statement wholly inappropriate for the situation. You have a systemic failure, not only in your own leadership, but in the culture of your school district. That's why things like this permeate. Uh, Dina Dahl, do you see it differently? I agree completely. And if he had been, you know, 18 and at a job and this happened, this would be a hostile work environment and yeah. he could sue and he could win. And the problem is, is in our country, students face 
you know, harassment, whether it's sexual, racial, and they are stuck in their schools. And thank goodness this parent was willing to speak up. But that's that kid still had to go to school. He had to show up because yep. he wants his college. You know, he has to focus when he can't focus. And that's a real harm that isn't being addressed. And absolutely, the school, the district can do more. They know how to do these things. They can have discussions about these issues, they can have field trips, they can have reading requirements. So the, the statement was all platitudes, um, yep. it, it showed that they were not really addressing this as seriously as they should. Right, and as I say all the time, not every time, but I would dare say nine times out of 10, racist children, racist parents, all right? Just keep that in mind, you have a cultural issue here. Let me take you to a fascinating dynamic. A Karen caught in a while and domesticated at the same time. It's a beautiful thing to see. Here's a video. You scream at an employee's Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. You know, I am this close to calling the cops. This close. I'm sorry. Uh, just like, it would even be fun if you were involved in the in the video. Like, are you kidding me? Involved? Like how? Like you? Three, two, one. Oh gosh, doing this with my neighbor now. Oh god. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, run, 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 run. This is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, oh, guys. Oh, don't try this. Do not try this. This is making the rounds on social media. Um, some people are debating, is it real, was it fake? I don't know, uh, I like the sentiment of the story. Uh, he was able to find a Karen in the wild and he was able to domesticate that Karen in real time through niceties, right? We're going to start giving Karens an opportunity to redeem themselves on this show. So if you know of a Karen, out there who has some viral video connected to their Karenicity. And they would like an opportunity at redemption. You tell them to give us a holler right here on Indisputable, all right? Anti-Karens come in many, many different ways. This was one of the most unique anti-Karens I've seen. Ms. Dahl, what are your thoughts about the story? I love this story too. And I think all of our story today in some respect had one person treating the other person less than. Right, whether or not it was about the police or if it was about the Karens or anything like that. If we can just find commonality with each other and try to like have our hearts talk to each other instead of our pain talk to each other, maybe we can all get along a little bit more. You know, that sounds very wise of you. Uh, let me put up a picture of the TikToker. Uh, his name is Jojo the Jet Plane. That's what he goes by on TikTok. Uh, he now involves that same neighbor in multiple, in many videos now. So this has become a thing for them now. Um, big ups to him, all right? Way to go, young man. Okay, very, very exciting news. Our dear sister Nina Turner is running for the United States Congress. Here's the video that came out. America is at a crossroads, wrestling between two futures. Do we sacrifice the poor, the working poor, and the barely middle class to protect the ultra wealthy? 
Or do we treat our people as America's greatest asset and ensure everyone has a real chance to live a good life? Families are struggling with higher gas and food prices, stagnant wages and shrinking benefits, while corporations make record profits. These are unprecedented times. Our leaders can't settle for just enough. They must fight for what we deserve. I'm Nina Turner, and I'm running for Congress because we deserve a voice for change in Washington. A leader who is on the side of the people, not out for the powerful or out for themselves. A leader who understands that health care has been denied to millions of Americans for far too long and will fight for Medicare for all. A leader who knows poverty is a policy choice and the minimum wage must be raised to a living wage. Who won't take a dime from special interest packs or do their bidding. You deserve a leader who is from here, who knows what it's like to grow up and live their life in this community. Who has stood up for reproductive justice and served on the front lines of the fight for criminal justice reform and voting rights. Not for days, but for decades. A member of Congress that stands shoulder to shoulder with leaders like Bernie Sanders, unapologetically to fight for working people and speak truth to power. And here's the truth. Greater Cleveland needs a change maker, not someone who just go along to get along. We can put an agenda through Congress that puts working families first, and that's worth fighting for. Something you can feel. Good union jobs, expanded health care, child care, and climate justice. Winning the battle against Republicans and the holdouts in our party will only happen when we put it all on the line for everyday people. An America as good as is promised is worth fighting for. Our children are worth fighting for. Our future is worth fighting for. Damn. I love it. So proud of our dear sister. Obviously, I'm supporting her 100%. So let me bring up some reality about politics. We are so indoctrinated to believe that politicians have to play a particular corporate game in order to be effective, in order to get elected. That is not true. They want you to believe that. The truth is it still comes down to your power, the power of the people. One person, one vote still rules the day. Now there's a lot of trickery involved in getting that one vote, but you can see through it, you can power through it. Here's what I want us all to do. Remember what we're voting for. We're really not voting for people, we're voting for policy. Policy is a contract between the community and the government, between you and the government you pay. Who's delivering a better policy package? Don't get caught up in personalities, always get caught up in the policy, that's the game of politics, who's delivering the policy that you support, right? It's called values, what are your values? You align your values to the people that promote the policies you connect with. That's how this works, all right? We wish our sister well in her continued campaign for progress. And she continues to be a champion for everyday people. Remember, millionaires made an increase of 20% during this COVID-19 where regular folk, we out here, you know, still struggling, making ends meet. Millionaires got a 20% boost. Billionaires got a 30 to 40% boost. And some of the most popular billionaires increase their earnings by over 600%. 
All right, attorney thoughts. Well, congratulations. She seems like she'd be an amazing addition to Congress. We yeah. need more women. We're vastly underrepresented. And I love her policies too. You know, the living wage, nobody in America yeah. should have to work two or three jobs just to be able to support Damn right. their family. So good for her. I'm excited to see where it goes. Well said. All right, attorney, tell people how they can connect with you and follow your great work. I'm on Twitter, ask Dina Dahl one. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We got a lot of comments, let me get to it. Okay. Shikata Ganai Beer Dragon, words should never be confused with actions. Also, as an ex-jock, why the hell wasn't the crowd given a couple of technicals for unsportsmanlike conduct? Uh, yep, I agree. Uh, Narrative Junkie Films, uh, thank you. Iris Blake, not only racist, but misogynist. Someone taught them well, yeah. And that's sarcastic, obviously. Uh, Tracy Ravenhawk, tame that Karen, and it's funny, she's behind white bars. Um, Raez Guerra, Guerra. Dr. Richie, how about a public announcement that you are willing to host a debate, a debate between Nina and Chantel? Oh, I would love to. All right. You know, you put it in the atmosphere, it's out in the universe now. You never know what may come back. Um, all right, Gallup for 71, love to see Nina Turner and Charles Booker both get elected in November and work together next year in DC. Frost Banana, I got you Nina, voted for you last time, I'll do it again. I'm from here, I know, good stuff. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.